Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. What is up? Welcome to the Men of Iron Podcast, episode 19. It's Steve and Garrett here with you live from Mannheim, PA. What's going on, G? Steve, I know I said this last episode, but it's... It was episode 18, now it's 19. It's hard to believe that uh, we're going to hit 20 episodes the first year we did this. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. The, you know, we, we sucked at first, but I think it's getting better. <laughs> I think we picked it up since uh, episode one, for sure. Yeah, even episodes two, three, and I mean, there was a lot of learning. There was a, it was a big learning curve, but I'm proud of you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. You were getting there. We're, uh, I think year two is going to be even better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Episode 19 is brought to you by Black Bear Leather, handcrafted leather goods from wallets to bags made in Lancaster, PA. Go to blackbearleather.com to shop now. And just a shout out, that's that's my cousin Mike. So Yeah, I've seen some of his work. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Uh, saw a, a wallet he had done and like mm-hmm. a notebook yeah. cover thing. It's pretty impressive. I'm actually wearing a Black Bear Leather belt right now. So. Wow. Mm, well, we make sure you keep that on. <laughs> We won't take that off yet. This is a G-rated podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, today's special guest is Joel Kiefer. Joel is the newest hire at Men of Iron as VP of Operations. He brings with him five-plus years of business and sales experience. He is a husband and a father, a new dad, I should say. Joel and his wife, Sarah, live in Marietta, PA, and attend LCBC Main Campus. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you. It's good to be here. Man. Joel Kiefer. Joel Kiefer in the house. So I, I'm going to get into the whole who is Joel Kiefer thing, but I think it's very important to understand, um, letting our listeners and viewers know that, you know, when we first put this job description out there, we had hired an outside firm to, to conduct the search and handle the whole process because we felt like there was going to be a lot of folks that applied that we were close with. And, you know, you just kind of want to get an unbiased opinion and an unbiased view of everything. So they did that and um, 75 applicants, I believe they started with and they, you know, they did their process where they narrow it down and we told them from the very get go, we're like, Hey, we're looking with, for somebody that's probably got some gray hair, right? <laughs> like job discrimination right away, but silver Fox, um, we're looking for somebody that's got some experience is what, what we were looking for. And, um, and when we said experience, we meant like, Probably somebody that's got a lot of experience in the business world, probably has kids that's, you know, not in diapers anymore. Right. Probably, you know, been married for 20 plus years. And um, so anyway, they, they bring this list back to us and we had an amazing, amazing group of, of people and men that had applied for the position and it was very difficult. I mean, we interviewed and we interviewed and we just, we just didn't feel a piece. And then uh, two people that I'm very close with in this process of interviewing people. And they're like, Hey, you need to, you should reach out to Joel Kiefer. And I'm like, I don't know Joel Kiefer. And so Joel emails me and says, Hey, my friends have told me that I should apply and blah, blah, blah. I'd love to learn more about men of iron. And I said, Hey, Joel, sorry, I can't meet with you. I'm letting the outside firm kind of handle this, go through the process. And Joel was actually on the list that had been vetted, uh, down to the final eight. But, uh, you were down toward the bottom, not because of anything other reason than simply just didn't have quite as much experience as some of the other candidates. 
So I told the company, I said, I want you to interview him anyway, because I keep having these people in my life that told me, tell me that we should be looking at Joel Kiefer and he made your list. So I'm interested to see what you think. And they call me back and they say, you'd be an idiot not to hire this guy. <laughs> so Joel, uh, you, you survived the gauntlet, my friend. Mm. And uh, we are very, very grateful to have you. And your interview uh, was like no other interview I've been part of. Uh, it was very, very good. It was clear that God has called you here and that he had a special plan for you here. And so we're grateful to have you, man. Yeah, it's exciting, Joel. Yeah, just talking to you a little bit yesterday and hearing kind of your side of the story. I'm excited to, for you to share that again here on the podcast. So yeah, just let us know. Let the viewers and listeners know who is Joel Kiefer. It's good to be here and uh, to share a little bit about myself. Joel Kiefer, I am uh, a husband and a father to a five-month-old. It has been an awesome experience becoming a father and kind of walking this journey uh, with my wife and my best friend as we get to experience what this is like. Uh, life becomes a lot more, a lot less about ourselves. Oh, yeah. uh, and a lot more about bringing this life into the world and, and trying to do that well. So that's 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 a majority of my life, I'd say, at this time. Podcast fail. <laughs> I am so sorry, listeners and viewers. Come on, silence that thing. Ah, the worst. Sorry, Joel. Eh, it's all right. A little interruption is never a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love the outdoors. Love spending time with family and friends. I. Recently got into two new hobbies this past year. Picked up uh, golf a little bit more than I had before. So, and I also picked up archery a little bit more than I had before. And I think it's really nice to take up two sports that both take up a lot of time, uh, as well as a lot of skill. So I've also never felt more humbled. Yeah, uh, in two new endeavors this year. So good stuff, man. <laughs> That's good awesome. Stuff. Yeah, she doesn't know too much about golf. No, it's just a prerequisite for yeah. you to be hired here. That's all. <laughs> That, that was part of that. How did Jay Dub sneak in that? I don't know. Because well, he had silver hair. So. <laughs> All right, man. You ready for take five? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. This is five questions for Joel Kiefer. Take five. Question number one. What is the craziest or funniest thing that has ever happened to you? Probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me is that right after graduation from college, my brother, uh, one of my best friends and myself, took a 5,000-mile uh, journey across the country on uh, Duro motorcycles. It's called the Trans-American Trail, and it was a great experience. But the craziest thing that happened is we were in Colorado and had gotten ridden all day through the mountains and hadn't covered as much ground as we had hoped to because it was, uh, yeah, just some, some crazy riding. And finally got out to this long stretch of road. It's like 530 at this time, and we're just like, turn off all the GoPros. We're like, let's get to town and let's get some food in us. We're exhausted by this point. So we're doing about 65 miles an hour down this long dirt road. You can probably see five miles ahead of you, just dead straight. And all of a sudden, this mule deer pops out of the ditch and just starts running straight towards the road oh. right in front of me. And it becomes one of those moments where you start thinking to yourself, do I break or do I just like just nail it and try to <laughs> beat this thing? So my first thought was, if I break... Uh, I'll probably actually just smack this deer right in the middle. But if I really nail the gas, maybe I'll, I'll beat it. And uh, turned out that I nailed the gas. And right as I'm approaching this uh, this uh, buck, I'm looking him right in the eye, about five feet in front of me, and then he just leaps. And I this sounds like I'm making this up, but this is real. Yeah. And leaps straight over top of me. I duck my head. His hoof hits the back bag 
on my uh, dirt bike and clears me and lands on the other side and just runs off. We all stopped. As soon as, <laughs> we're, as, soon as, as soon as we're able to, we're all retelling the story. It feels like we just like relived the movie. But we actually have no GoPro footage to prove this. I was going to say, so, you just uh, turned it off. This just becomes one of those things where everyone's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that happened. It's the tall tale. Wow. The tall tale, Joel Kiefer. That is wild. That's a cool story. <laughs> Check your drawers after that one, huh? Seriously, man. <laughs> All right, take five, question number two. What's something not many people know about Joel Kiefer? Something not many people know about me. I'll uh, probably go back to the fourth grade that I actually did play violin for one full year. Wow. Yeah, it was... Uh, you had to practice 15 minutes a day, which I just was not great at. There, I wanted to be outside doing other things. And uh, actually faked an entire uh, like rehearsal and came up afterwards and the teacher said she'd never seen me play better. And I, she, I didn't touch my string to the, the violin one time. So I was uh, – that was something oh, I'm going to know about. Me. I played violin in like third or fourth grade as well for like two weeks. It was bad. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. Guys, what were you thinking? Both of you. <laughs> I came up I came up during the demonstration and she asked me to pluck the strings and she made it sound really cool. So I was like, this is going to be a great instrument. <laughs> One year. Not so much. I was committed. My parents wouldn't let me quit either, which was the worst. Oh, yeah. oh man. Once you start something, you're not stopping. All right, take five. Question number three. What is there to do in Marietta, Pennsylvania, down by the river? You know, river I get that at. question a lot. Uh, people are always concerned about what I do with my free time. But uh, actually, they just had redone the Marietta River Trail. So we actually have a like about five-mile stretch, and I think it's much more than that yeah, now. Yeah, it's more than that. Uh, right along the river. So we go down there for walks, hikes, bike rides. Um, and I used to be pretty big into fishing in the Susquehanna River. I'd like to get back into that, but... Over the past year, I haven't got down there as quite as much as I used to. That is awesome. uh, one of my – there's a spot on that trail. I'm not going to give you guys my exact location, but it's my favorite spot for solitude. So I go out there quite a bit. And um, for those of you who have never been out there or you don't even know what the heck we're talking about, it is one of the more impressive rail trails that they've done. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, in all the rail trails I've been at throughout the nation, it's it's one of the nicer ones. So. If you get a chance to go out there, it is nice. All right. Shout out Marietta. And they got McCleary's too. I mean, you got that going for yeah, you. Yeah. That used to be the hot spot where my wife and I would get dinner about once a week. Yeah. It's a great food. Nice. Take five. Question number four. What's it like being a new dad? You said Elijah's five months old, correct? Correct. Man. So being a new dad is, uh, dad is awesome. You realize that, yeah, babies take up a lot of time and attention and, and that's awesome. Uh, it's one of the, the neatest things to experience of walking through and just as different stages of life, uh, they're a little human being and uh, seeing them develop, I think is one of the coolest things and seeing things start to click in their minds of understanding a few different things and, um, just them recognizing you, I think I can say is one of the most proud moments as a father of waking them up in the morning and just seeing our faces mm-hmm. and like the biggest smile, uh, it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, you're probably right in the middle of that, but when they start, yeah, just responding and smiling, man, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah, take five. This Kids is- ruin everything sometimes too, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I love they, my daughters, and they tell you your breath stinks. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> your breath stinks. <laughs> Less right. quiet time. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Final take five question for you, Joel. What's the best book you read in the last year? Ooh. 
best book I read in the past year. Um, I mean, I, I could say the Bible, uh, just because I feel like that'd be the right answer. To <laughs> All say right, later. don't be that guy. Okay, since, since I'm not going to be that guy, I'll. Uh, so, actually, read through um, John Maxwell, the Five Levels of Leadership, this past year, and. As I was working through that, I think it just helped me define uh, a few different areas in my leadership and uh, areas of my life that I can reflect on and need to spend a little bit more time um, developing. And so that's been a, a really good a good book this year. Awesome. Good stuff. He survived, man. He did, man. He's got a little sweat going on over there, but other than that, he's good. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, Joel, we kind of heard you know Garrett's side of the story about just the hiring process for this position as uh, vice president of operations and, and kind of how that was through his lens. Uh, we just love to hear your vantage point and kind of what brought you to men of iron. Yeah. So I love to tell the story. I think there's uh, a lot of humor in it, but it's also really neat to see how the Lord orchestrated the whole thing. And one day I was uh, leaving the doctor's office and got a call from one of my best friends, uh, Scott Garber, Scott, if you're listening, Nice work. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Anyway, he just said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm leaving the doctors. Uh, what's up? He said, just left Men of Iron. It's a great organization, and uh, they're looking for an operations position to be filled there. It's like, that's great. I know he's in operations where he's at. And he said, you should apply. I said, well, I want to be open when the Holy Spirit's moving. Um, but this was not on my radar. I don't know much about Men of Iron, but I'll definitely look into them. So one time I started researching and praying. And over the next two weeks, actually, uh, had other opportunities knock at my door. And after the third one, I finally came home from work the one day and said to my wife, I said, I think the Lord's doing something here. So I'm going to pursue these three opportunities and pray about them and see where the Lord leads. And the two other doors were clearly closed. Hmm. Uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to pursue um, I'm going to pursue this opportunity at Men of Iron. And in the whole process, my prayer was that my heart would align with Men of Iron's heart um, and that the Lord would just make it very, very clear. I had I was in a, a good position where I was, a good organization, and um, yeah, was, was open to see how the Holy Spirit was going to move, though. And went through the first two uh, interviews, felt confident with them. I was very clear that I didn't have the gray hair and, and the age, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but that got me a little competitive at that point. It's like, okay, I, I have, I need to prove myself of um, why I could be good at this. If this is what the Lord does have. And then when I finally had the chance to meet uh, Garrett, Justin, and Brian in my interview, I left there. And for the first time I, I called my wife and I said, I'd actually be disappointed if I didn't get this job. Mm-hmm. I said, this gets me really excited about how the Lord could use my gifts, about the ministry, about what the Lord's doing here. Um, so I'm very excited to see. And Garrett did tell me that there was going to be probably a two-week period where I might not hear from them. And I was like, two weeks? Like, I'm the guy. Like, when I get excited about something, it's like I want to start moving right. on it. And uh, anyway, I was fortunate enough to receive a phone call from Garrett the next day. And Garrett just said, hey. I want to let you know, uh, I told you it'd be two weeks. It's been one day, but uh, we're going to bring you on board. What Garrett doesn't know is I called my wife immediately afterwards, and I was like, just a big, like, yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. So it's uh it's really neat to see how the Lord orchestrated it and then even um as I put my resignation in at Flagger Force where I was working, just to see how the Lord orchestrated um some things there in, in my exit was really, really neat. Had some great conversations, uh and really cool to see how the Lord helped me leave there really well, which was a, a high priority for me too. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's awesome, man. I think it speaks to kind of, you know, Joel's, not only his resume and interview, but just kind of the the man he is and, and the perfect fit he is for this position because your timetable of hiring him went from two weeks to 24 hours. Yeah, it did. <laughs> went from two weeks to 24 hours. And, it, it, you know, I, again, I want to like kind of take this and, and, and tie it back to, to manhood and, and mentorship and this, this journey that we take as men, this voyage that we're on as men. And I think this is such a relevant illustration for a lot of guys that are listening and watching is that, you know, sometimes the Lord's going to do things in your life that you're not expecting, right? Opportunities are going to come up that you're not expecting and you're trying to make sense of it all. And, and I didn't sense that from you because we did have, you know, maybe a couple guys that we're kind of in the same boat. Like, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but they're trying to figure it out the whole time, you know? And, and my experience is like, it's good to do your due diligence, right? Like you want to make sure that you're going in the right direction and seeking counsel. Those are all very good, you know, uh, proverbs that we follow. But at the end of the day, I think sometimes if it lines up, you just know. Yeah. And it seemed like that was your journey. You know, you just knew deep down inside that, you had to move this, you know, you had to go in the right direction. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting to have you, man. I just know in the first uh, three days that you've been here, um, it's just in a couple of meetings that we've had, it's, it's been confirmation that you're the right guy for the job and we're excited to have you, man. We have, I feel like we've made a lot of progress already in three days, um, as organizationally, we're just having here. So it's just awesome. Yeah. Can you just kind of, you know, I, I know you've mentioned this to me in conversations here in these first few days, but you kind of talked about this, you know, right out of high school, you went into YWAM, I believe. Can you just kind of, you know, tell us that journey from high school into YWAM and, and you went to Eastern University pursuing youth ministry, but you ended up in the business world. Can you kind of just tell yeah. us that story a little bit? I'd love to share that story too. Uh, so actually in high school felt the Lord calling me to, to taking a gap year. thought that was really important. And, through some uh, research and conversations with my family, I actually came across YWAM. Uh, thought it was a great organization. Had some people cl close to me in my life who had been through YWAM and had a great experience. So figured, why not do YWAM Australia then? Let's mm. go uh, see the sunshine. Down under. Yeah, down under. <laughs> uh, let's go see the Sunshine Coast, which is where I ended up. And it was a really, really neat experience. It was life-changing uh, for me, really just taking six months out of my life and just investing, uh, spending the first three months really in the word, uh, with some really, really neat people pouring into my life and then spending the next, uh, three at in South Africa and Mozambique serving mm -hmm. at orphanages there. And just the differences, uh, even between those two countries, um, the one orphanage in South Africa actually had a lot more funding than the one in Mozambique. We got to spend Christmas and new years in Mozambique. And, uh, it's interesting spending a, a holiday away from your family and especially the first time and there was 30 kids at the orphanage mm. and they received five gifts mm. for all 30 kids 
and wow. the one day, uh, it's actually the, the day after Christmas, the, the kids would walk around and one person would wear the sunglasses for, the, for about 10, 15 minutes and then someone else would come and take them off their face and wear them. And there was no fighting. It was, okay, my turn's up. Mm-hmm. And the sunglasses actually broke in half. And I was thinking to myself, oh no, this is one of the five gifts they got. And the kids were so excited because then two kids could wear the sunglasses <laughs> wow. now. And I was just, it just made me really uh, rethink a lot of things in life. It was a great time for me to pour into them. Uh, and you hear it a lot with mission trips like that. But what I received from that was, I believe, far more. And so that was a really great time and uh, actually had the unique opportunity. My family came over at the end of my time in YWAM and we spent two and a half weeks in an RV driving up and down the coast of Australia. And I know some people think that sounds uh, miserable uh, being in an RV with your family for two and a half weeks, but <laughs> it was a, uh, it was a great time. We loved it. Had great conversation community. Um, got to see some really neat places. And actually my dad during that time started experiencing some trouble swallowing and he was a tough guy. He, he didn't talk much about it. Um, that's just kind of who he was, but we knew something wasn't right and he would have to get it checked out when we got back. So we enjoyed the rest of the trip. Uh, anyway, got home. My parents said I had two weeks to figure out what was next, reacclimate, but then get my butt in gear. So I appreciated that. And uh, <laughs> at the end of the two weeks, is actually when my dad was diagnosed with stage four esophageal mm. cancer. Wow. And uh, so I ended up getting a part-time job and with my family, helping take care of my dad over the next 10 months when he... Uh, ultimately passed away. But seeing mm. how somebody can finish their life really well was was really, really unique. Mm. Um, unique opportunity. It's something that brings the family really close together. It's something that's very difficult, uh, very painful, but seeing some of the restoration and how mm. the Lord works through that. Um, and just really how fortunate we were during that time to have those moments together and to reflect back on Australia and just being together for that time was really, really neat. And also to see how the Lord... I believe placed me uh, in YWAM prior to going through all of that. I think someone a year out of high school walking through that's difficult enough, but really I had a solid foundation for my faith. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, very blessed with that, but being able to kind of find that for myself uh, post high school to then walk through that was really, really neat. So took that next year, um, continued to work, but then started looking at what the Lord had next for me. I was originally going to go back to YWAM and serve on staff. I uh, didn't feel like that's what I was supposed to do anymore. And then I uh, knew that I had a passion for ministry, a calling to ministry. wasn't sure what that looked like, but I did know that Eastern University had one of the best youth ministry programs in the country. Um, Duffy Robbins, who writes a lot of the curriculum for, for youth ministry, is actually a professor there. Hmm. Uh, he actually mentored me during my time at Eastern, which was really, really neat. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see uh, how the Lord even planted me there. Uh, I shared in our story yesterday for me. Uh, fortunate enough that some YOM credits did transfer over. And uh, also realizing going into ministry and being at a private college don't always necessarily line up. So it's also not that cool being a 21-year-old freshman. Uh, <laughs> everyone thinks you're kind of that weird guy. But uh Ended up being able to graduate in, in three years, which I think was a huge awesome. blessing too. So I really only felt like I was now kind of one year behind other people um, that were in that same spot. Anyway, I applied for my dream job coming out of college. 
was actually in Breckenridge, Colorado, right at the base of the, the resort. And my wife's always had a discerning heart. And this is right before I was getting engaged to her. And after three rounds of interviews, they said they wanted to fly me out. And I said, well, my wife, I'm about to be engaged. I realize we're still dating, but this is going to be the woman I marry. I want to bring her along. And after the first day of interviews, uh, we were debriefing one night. And Sarah said, I just, I don't think this is where the Lord has us. <laughs> I looked over at the mountains and everything. I said, Sarah, I don't know if you've seen what we have here, but I think this might be where the Lord has us. Yeah, right. Uh, after day two and day three of the interviews, uh, I still was feeling really, really excited about this. I mean, you could, besides the ministry, it was really cool. It was uh, just reached the children of Breckenridge, uh, the youth of Breckenridge, and it was a lot of extreme sports, a lot of things that I can find myself getting really excited about. And you could also ski to the front doorstep of the ministry, which I thought was pretty awesome. Go up, get a couple rounds in, <laughs> ski there in the morning, wow. start the day. And the uh, whole time she says, Joel, I, just, I don't know if this is where the Lord has us. So we go to church on Sunday morning, and uh, it was a congregation-led church, which I had some questions about, but wasn't uh, was told that that they really sharpened each other because of the different theologies. But there was no lead pastor to really help direct some of those theologies. And ultimately, the there was a sermon given by someone in the congregation that didn't uh, incorporate any scripture hmm. into it. Hmm. And we left church. And I looked at Sarah and I said, I don't really want to discuss this right now, but I do feel like this door is being closed. Wow. Anyway, I took the rest of the week to pray about it and ultimately called them uh, that Friday and uh, declined. But all my eggs were kind of in one basket at that point. And it was neat, though, in the conversation. He said, one of the gentlemen who was part of the interview processing uh, said, I believe that Joel could be a good fit, but I don't think that he'll accept Mm. Which I just mm -hmm. need to see how the Lord works, and even in that, of the, I believe our hearts were aligned. Um, but then came back, and one of my good friends was working up at Flagger Force, and said, "Hey, it's a great organization. Um, I don't mind going to work every day. Come check it out." I was like, "Well, I'm about to get engaged, and asked for my father-in-law uh, for his daughter's hand in marriage. I should probably have an income." <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's important. I probably do something in my life. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I did ask him before. I actually. Had the job. Uh, <laughs> he did give me a pretty hard time about that, but <laughs> that's another story. Um, so started working at Flagger Force and just had a lot of opportunities just to help um, them grow their organization. Was given a lot of autonomy and um, worked for for a great team. And it was neat to see how the Lord even used me there. I mean, had the opportunity to even start a men's Bible study uh, wow. there, which I thought was was really really cool. We met one or two times a month where we just sit down over lunch and uh, go through some curriculum together, which was really, really neat. That's cool. So um, <clears throat> how much time we got here, Stevie? How we doing? We've got a few minutes. A few minutes. You know, Joel, I guess if you could maybe help the listeners and viewers just kind of get a better idea of like what, what, what are you most excited about? joining the team here and what have you i mean you know you've only been here a couple of days but you, you know i think you've seen enough to be in, in the culture and mm -hmm. kind of see but what, what are you most excited about in the, in the vp of operations position yeah i'm excited um just about the the vision that men of iron has i'm excited to see kind of where we've been where we're at and, and where we're going uh I get really excited about 
the opportunity for growth and really seeing men of iron have a huge impact on men's lives. Um, really holding people accountable, men accountable, um, to really be the best we can be. I think mm-hmm. as you read through the curriculum and as you, uh, see the passion that just the team has for this, I mean, it's contagious. And that was one of the things I said in the interview process of like, everyone's contagious there with like their passion. And that's something for me that I can get really excited about. I can get behind. Um, and just really, even with how the Lord orchestrated me getting here, just knowing that he has a big, big plan for this organization mm-hmm. um, and being part of something that's much greater than ourselves is just something I love. It's good stuff, man. Well, Joel, we're grateful to have you, man. We are grateful to have you and looking forward to the future and a little bit of a unique podcast today, but yeah. I, you know, I thought it was good to get you on here and get the the donors and advocates to kind of hear a little bit about you. So, Stevie, why don't you tell us what's going on this week and final thoughts? Yeah, we got the One Iron Classic coming up. We are we partnered with One Life Institute, and this is our inaugural golf tournament down in Streamsong Resort. I guess it's technically Bowling Green, Florida. Bowling Green, Florida Tampa is Tampa the, area. the zip code, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be awesome. So G's going to go down there and kick some butt for Men of Iron and probably win the whole thing. I'm I'm hoping so. <laughs> I really am. I like the confidence. Yeah. Well, you got to be confident. That's what happens when you're a scratch golfer, you know. Well, I have not touched the club in a couple months, so we'll see how it goes. It could be really ugly. It's hard to beat, you know, golf and 70, 80 degree weather in December. So I think you guys will do okay. Yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, right, Joel? Yeah, yeah we're not. Exactly. What's going on here? Hey, you know what? We, we got to be better golfers, I guess. Get that handicap down. Yeah, work on single digits. Year. Yeah. <laughs> now we got some really bad golfers coming on the trip. Trust me, that has oh, nothing to do man. with it. <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in to the Men of Iron podcast. You can find out more at menofiron.org backslash MOI podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. You can watch this on Facebook and YouTube. We're out there, man. Uh, Stevie, you're just, uh, next thing I know, we're going to be on Oprah. Hey, let's get on there, man. (laughs) Shout out to Oprah. So, yeah, get on there, leave a five-star review. Um, Let us know what you think, and that's it. Shout out to our sponsor, Black Bear Leather, episode 19. We are out. Blessings. Blessings.